Welcome to the Ron Huntley Leadership Podcast, helping leaders be a positive catalyst on the people they support, the organizations they serve, and the communities they live. This podcast will make you think, laugh, and grit your teeth with new determination to make your parish or business a place of transformation, passion, and purpose. If you're still breathing, you are power for impact. I'm Ron Huntley, your host. Today we'll be in conversation with Archbishop Brian Dunn of the Diocese of Halifax, Yarmouth, Nova Scotia, Canada. Yes, that makes him my bishop. Archbishop Dunn became coadjutor bishop in 2019 and our ordinary just in November of 2020. We'll be talking about the digital reality that churches have had to face to keep in touch with parishioners and reach out to new people with, well, the best news ever, that they're loved by God. I've observed that Archbishop Dunn has a charism for teaching. He's taught canon law, ecumenism, ecclesiology, and liturgical law. And if you are new to faith or not a Catholic, you have no idea what I'm talking about. Stick around for this important conversation anyway, and you will learn a lot from this gifted teacher. Lift off and the clock has started. There's one question that many churches around the world are wrestling with right now, and that is where does live stream fit in to how we reach the people in our pews and the people that don't consider themselves Christians yet? With me today is Archbishop Brian Dunn from Halifax, Nova Scotia, my very own bishop. Welcome, Bishop Dunn. Thank you, Ron. (laughs) So when it comes to the issue of live stream, what are some things that that leaders are going to want to keep in mind? Great. Well, this has certainly been a, a topic that, uh, that I have struggled with uh, for the last year, at least for the last year anyway, uh, but even further. Um, but especially since the, the pandemic has come, uh, we've, been, we've been forced to really begin to think about um, the issue of online and, and mm-hmm. prayer online and worship online. And, and so uh, so I've done a lot of reflection on this. Uh, it's interesting. Maybe 15 years ago, I, I did a did a, a canonical opinion about this. You You're know? kidding. So the, the question was: was uh, there were two groups of people in the far north, uh, and they wanted to have a liturgy of the word in one place mm-hmm. and the liturgy of the Eucharist in the other, and they wanted to know if that was a valid mass. Right. And so, so it's it's really that, and so at that time, I talked about the personal presence and that kind of thing, and um, it seemed to be like a frowned question. But nowadays, it's a question that is very real with us now. Now, so uh, what I've been thinking about, um, I've been thinking about this uh, quite a lot, especially since you asked me to do this, and I've been doing a little bit of reading on it. And we've had a policy here in the the archdiocese to deal with the online masses and. And so I, I've I've come to the come to the awareness, I guess, that, that there are three issues that are involved. Okay. So so there's a whole issue of understanding of liturgy, first of all. So so the whole liturgical studies and what what are we talking about when we talk about liturgy? Uh, the second issue has to do with theological reflection that is connected with that liturgy uh, and uh, how do people kind of use the liturgy and become uh, aware and encounter the Lord through the liturgy. So the whole theological reflection. And the third area is then the digital. The digital, mm-hmm. And the digital is, is probably the thing that is most foremost, for, foremost uh, for us. Uh, and so 
because the world is filled with the, with the experience di digital. I just came across some statistics that said 3.2 billion people are on the internet in in 19 uh, in uh, tw 2015. In 2015, 3.2 billion people on the internet. That's five years ago, and so or six years ago now. Uh, and so when you think about the internet, you think about Facebook, uh, you think about um, mobile phones. Everybody got everybody has a phone. Eh? Uh, Twitter, uh, Instagram, and you can go on and on and on. Uh, and so, so those are the ways of communicating. Uh, and so that's part of the whole digital world. Uh, but in terms of then putting it together, in terms of worship on the digital, in the digital area, then you, you, you bring up things like uh, uh, cyber rosaries, uh, prayer, uh, prayer apps, uh, Eucharistic adoration, novenas, um, liturgy of the hours on 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 uh, online, yeah. Uh, and, and so what you have is a, a huge mixture of of liturgical practices there that we need to kind of have some sense of. Okay, how do we how do we reflect on these liturgical practices? Mm. Uh, how do they help us um, deal with some of the theological questions that arise from those? And then uh, how do we fit it into the whole the, the digital digital world? So, so that's the three things that I come back to uh, each thing that we each each area that we'll talk about today, uh, because I think those are, are the important issues. So, so for instance, I, I pray the Liturgy of the Hours every day. Yeah. Pray the Liturgy of the Hours uh, on my phone. Right. Uh, and so, you know, when I became a priest or when I became a deacon, I made a commitment to to pray the Liturgy of the Hours uh, daily. And so for many, many years, uh, I used the book, used the, the four-volume uh, Liturgy of the Hours. Uh, and then I discovered the, the Liturgy of the Hours online. And uh, it was a slow movement toward it. And uh, I'm still, there's still a number of questions that I have about it. What, what was the slow movement towards it? Help me the understand. The slow movement was yeah. because uh, the, the, the books, in terms of liturgy, the books are very important. The books are a part of, they're, they're a kind of a sacramental in some sense, you know, that the, the, the books themselves are, are ways of entering into the prayer. Huh. Uh, so so, so in, when you think about, you know, masses, the, the missal, yeah. uh, the, 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 the um, lectionary, all of those books are not just books, they, they are special books. There's books set aside for uh, these kinds of experiences. So, so my, my hesitation was to move away from the book to move on to an app, move right. on to the online. And, and then I discovered, uh, you know, online was very good because you don't have to pack up your, your book when you're, when you're going somewhere. So, so it, was, it was always a, a lot easier. So, so then I began to use that and realize that it could be a wonderful prayer experience uh, online. Uh, and so then I began to think about... Uh, well, what exactly is happening here? So it's not just a liturgy uh, that is done online, but it's also a real prayer time, and it's a, it can be an experience of God. So I began to think about so the, the, the liturgical act of celebrating the Liturgy of the Hours is one thing, but then doing it online is another, and then trying to fit into, well, who am I praying with? And so you pray with a whole community of of people online. Uh, so are they a church community? Uh, what kind of a community do I really have uh, online? You, you know, and so you get all these questions that are connected to liturgy, 
that are, these are all liturgical questions, but they take on a new element when you deal with the, the digital world. And so just a simple thing like the liturgy of the hours that brings up, raises questions on those three, three areas again. Yeah. Liturgical studies, okay, how does uh, the liturgy of the hours fit into liturgical studies? What are the theological questions that are connected to that? And above all, how does, how does this, this world, the digital world, help us uh, encounter God? So some of the theological questions that are connected to this is, um, as I said, the, the community that gathers. So, so for the Liturgy of the Hours, uh, the special app that I have, I can press a button and I can see that all these people all over the world are praying the Liturgy of the Hours right now. You're kidding. No, so so that's, that's a, awesome. That's a, fantastic, that's a fantastic experience. You don't get that uh, in a book. No, no, you don't get that in the book. <laughs> and that's another level. So, so the the digital world uh, opens up uh, liturgical space, opens up worship space in a whole new area. Uh, and so, so then you you begin to ask questions like, um, uh, what does it mean to actively participate? You know, and that's a, that's those are important words. In terms of math, eh? but but in terms of any kind of liturgy, what does it mean to actively participate? Now, the the, the digital world has gone through major changes. You know, even in our in our time, you know, just just 20 years ago, they moved into the you know web 2.0, and, and that was a, a change in the understanding of the internet in terms of interacting. So prior to that, it was more of a you know receiving the information. And then 20 years ago, there's a movement to interact. And so the interaction is, so there's a change in the digital world in terms of participation. Right. So what does that say about liturgy then? And so you bring their changes in the digital world back to the liturgical area, and you realize that there, you know, some, there's some common elements there that are happening, uh, common elements in terms of how people can engage how people can uh, can can fully participate. You see, uh, so th- things like just a simple thing like doing the rosary. So so you get you know a parish group that wants to do the rosary. Well, they can not only do the rosary together, but they they can you know the digital thing about uh, the rosaries. You can have different colors on each bead. You know as each bead is is done, and so there's some sense of a very simple thing, but it's a a way of engaging people. Uh, you know the the uh, whole area of uh, adoration, you know, uh, Eucharistic adoration. Uh, there's a whole movement now of having Eucharistic adoration online. So again, you know, it deals with a theological question, uh, but also a liturgical practice. So you, you're dealing with liturgical practice of adoration, which is, you know, a part of the common uh, um, public worship of the church. Uh, and then you say, well, okay, I'm going to do this online. And so online, then, how do people engage in this? And so the fact of being able to be present to it, to interact, uh, and before the Blessed Sacrament, uh, there's a whole engagement process that happens because of the online experience. So, so you can see what happens is, is, you know, each liturgical practice that you talk about uh, has the area of liturgical studies that is connected to it, uh, certain areas of, of theological questions that are connected, Yes. And then the whole area of the digital world and, and how the digital world is changing. So it, it's been absolutely phenomenal over the last 20 years or so to see how, uh, how um, the liturgy online 
uh, has really affected daily prayer. So, for instance, there's lots of prayers that that people, you know, their their morning prayers. For instance, you can you can you can have a, a situation where you know there's an app that called that's called Pray as You Go, uh, and so you can get a, you know an online notification. Here's your morning prayer. Here's your morning reflection. Uh, here's the saint of the day. You know, all of those kinds of things that can happen, uh, and you can uh, set your your computer to to receive these kinds of notifications. Uh, and so all of a sudden, the whole area of, um, of liturgy can be, uh, you, you can interact with it in a, in a phenomenal way. Mm. So, so the reflection that I've been doing, it's just, it's just been phenomenal. Right? Phenomenal in terms of, you know, liturgical principles, but also theological reflection. You know, one of the, the things that in your, if you do, if, as I've done some reading on it is, you know, the whole question of encounter with God. Yes. How, how do we encounter God on the internet? Mm-hmm. You know, how do we how do we have an encounter of grace, God's grace, uh, through through the internet, through a digital experience? But in fact, it can happen. You know, as I said, this my experience with the liturgy of the hours uh, can has been wonderful experiences of encountering a God who speaks to me very clearly and who and, and there's a real experience of. Um, of uh, the Lord's Lord's presence and encountering the Lord, so so encountering the Lord can happen uh, through the process of the internet. So so in in that sense, there's there's lots of uh, lots of changes that have been happening, and and so it's been a, it's been a, a wonderful discovery for me in lots of ways. It, it discovery not in the sense of I didn't know about it, but just put it, putting it together yes. and reflecting on it is really the the thing that has been. Uh, kind of, uh, uh, where I'm at, you know. I love that because it really has been a time of of reflection and, and even action. Because it, COVID really, the lockdowns forced us to decide either I'm going on vacation or I'm going to need to adapt and find sure. ways to connect. And and it's been fun to watch people's innovation, the the realization that hey, this is fun. Hey, we really are getting to know people. Hey, people really do want to pray. I think there's a lot of you know Alpha is running online. They, they never were going to take Alpha online, and now it's all happening online. So I think there's so many. What what are some pitfalls though that 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 can that would concern you? Oh, there, there's a, there are a lot, a lot of pitfalls. Well, first of all, you know, again, just looking at the internet, during, yeah. looking, looking at the digital world, the digital world, you know, there's there's lots of some negativity about the digital world in terms of, you know, what what is the internet used for lots of time? Of course. And you know, the whole area of pornography is is one of the biggest areas that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there's a, a whole the dark web, so to speak, you know, that that is there. Um, you know, so there's a whole uh, area and so the internet uh, websites uh, can be used, you know, for that purpose. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, you're going to turn around and then pray the rosary, you know. And so, so there's a there's a kind of um, you have some second thoughts about the digital world uh, and and some of the negative negative aspects about the digital world. Right. Uh, one of the good things about the digital world that is also a little a little can be a negative thing. Uh, is that it's it's open open access to digital world you know anybody can go on their their um, their digital uh, device and, and be into a prayer service or be into you know th- this kind of thing and so it's an open world but at the same time uh, is is there, is there some kind of uh, uh, not authority but 
but a sense of, well, is this an official liturgy? Uh, and how do you help people uh, make sure that the liturgy that they're praying and being involved in on, on the website uh, is in fact an authentic liturgy and uh, can be helpful? So, so you know, the, the, the positive thing about the internet and the digital world is that it's opened and, you know, connected to anybody who's got the device. But at the same time, in terms of liturgical practice, then you need to say, well, you know, is, is, is this helpful to my spiritual life? Gotcha. Uh, how does this fit into, uh, for instance, a Catholic practice as opposed to a Christian practice or another religion? And, you know, everybody, all these, all these practices have their own place. Uh, and, but, but people need to be critically aware uh, that, that the kind of uh, spiritual experience that has happened. So for, for our friends that maybe don't come from a Catholic background that might be listening, or, or maybe even some Catholics that aren't sure, what, what qualifies for an official liturgy? Like what, what, how, how would you define that? So if somebody so asked for, me, I wouldn't have a clue, to be honest with you. So <laughs> I'm going to school so, here. Uh, liturgy is a word that basically means public, uh, the, the public work of the church, uh, public, communal, uh, and having some kind of uh, ecclesial um, uh, affirmation of, of, the, uh, of the experience. So, so in other words, uh, if we're going to have a liturgy in in the Catholic Church, then uh, it, it, you usually use an official liturgy, liturgical text that has been um, uh, given authority uh, for, for the text itself, uh, and it's done in community. Community is usually the understanding of, of liturgy, uh, and and there's a, a sense here that uh, we've come together as a as a community. So so that's that's an official liturgy. That's what that's the way we understand that, uh, which is which is a very important element uh, in terms of our liturgical experience. You know, because lots of people have, you know, their daily prayer time and, and all of these other things, uh, these, are, these are devotions. And so in our understanding of liturgy and devotions, there, there's a, a kind of uh, liturgy is public, the public domain of the church. Devotions and personal prayer is a, an element of our own personal and private spirituality. Now they can come together in the sense of liturgy can enrich our spirituality, our personal spirituality, and at the same time our personal spirituality can enrich the liturgy as we come and come to the community. You see, and so so there's a, a tension, there's a you know back and forth uh, um, interconnection that 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 is really necessary between the two. So we we need need to kind of keep that in mind in terms of liturgy, the understanding of liturgy. And the understanding of devotion or pious practices or um, personal spirituality, you know, there's all kinds of different terms that are used. Love that. And so just so just to put, play it back to you, so official liturgy is when it's public, it's something that we do as a community, and it's something that has uh, uses official text or a structure or process that has been approved. And so that would be our idea of official liturgy. And then... Uh, that's really helpful. But, and then all those other things. And so that in and of itself has process, it has structure that's that's specific. And then when it comes to devotionals, those could be all kinds of other things that that you feel fed, that you get fed. So there's this personal component that, that um, there are lots of options and opportunities and differences. And then there's this liturgical, official liturgical, which is no, this is approved. 
and we do it together. That's really helpful. And like you say, they help each other. Like, because if we're growing in our personal faith, then when we come together in liturgy, we're going to be more predisposed to be open and engaged and participate. And I wonder if that's not why a lot of churches and I, I, what some churches, I'll never forget. I went down to the Valley years ago to visit my dad. And so I went to church that Sunday and it was this tiny church, uh, you know, uh, country church. And I sat close to the front because I was there late. <laughs> All the good seats in the back were taken, so I had to sit up real, front. A real Catholic church, eh? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then the the mass started, and the singing was so loud that I could literally sing as at the top of my voice, and I couldn't hear myself. And it was the same with all the responses to the mass. And I remember thinking to myself, I've never been in a church that had this much of a robust participation from the lay people. I, it was a lot of fun. But I wonder if maybe the opposite of that, when you do go in and you're the only one singing and you're the only one responding, I wonder if that's a case of people not investing on that personal side. Sure. Because if you do, you're going to just, mm-hmm. you can't help yes. but celebrate. Yes, yes. But if that's, that's exactly all you right. do every week, then you're yeah. probably not celebrating much. Maybe, I don't know. Yeah, that's exactly right. Exactly. And that's why things like, as you mentioned, Alpha, uh, Curcio, all of these other kinds of movements uh, help people's personal spirituality. When they, when they bring it to the, the church or the community, then the community is enriched as a result of that. That makes so, so it's much a, it's, a, uh, it's a major it's a major contribution to to renewal in in a in a parish community. We were doing uh, we're doing Alpha right now. My son's one of the hosts, and it's for the under forty group. He's twenty one, and they played a song because again it's all online. They played a music video, Christian music video, and then they watched the Alpha series, and then they had the small group discussion. And the very first thing he said, one of the guys his age said was had nothing to do with the video it was the song he said i didn't know because no church background i didn't know that many young christians like it was a rock concert except christian music he said i didn't know that that even happened he said if that's what church looked like i'd be there every week so in other words my gosh like when when there is a robust participation when there is exuberant joy and you know singing and everything else it really is contagious for those that might be on the fence or maybe have not experienced it before exactly right eh? exactly and and that's the sad thing about uh, the loss of during this pandemic the loss of a sense of community uh, where where people are not able to to enter into that community uh, that is celebrated uh, it's so, so painful the, yeah, it really is. It really is. Yeah. I've been saying to people, it feels like mass on the moon. You know, we all come in and <laughs> yes. we all have to yeah. keep apart. And you, if are they smiling, not smiling, you can't tell. It's yeah. so painful not to be able to be so close to each other and laughing and carrying on and being able to shake sure, yeah, people's yeah, hands yeah. and and yeah. sing. You know, but not that we we can sing now, thankfully. But for a while there, we couldn't. So sure. That's really cool. So one of the things that I'd like to talk to you about, you know. Getting set up for live stream mass isn't cheap. You know, you have to buy video cameras, maybe switchers. You, you probably, you know, you might have to buy some lights. And so churches are saying to themselves, how much, how long are we going to do this? And how much, how many resources should we put towards this? You know, do you see live stream being a viable, is that something that would be worth investing in? You know, let's say we get back to normal. 
please God, but let's say it's after September in Canada or anywhere we're supposed to be all inoculated. But mm. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Well, uh, so, so far we've been talking more about devotional uh, yes. devotions and daily prayer and personal spirituality. Uh, now you're asking about the mass. And so right. the mass yeah. on, on the dig- in the digital world is another story. Let's and so first that. of all, yeah. it's one of those official liturgies that we yes. need to deal with, right? So, so it's an official liturgy, uh, and therefore there, there are certain ways to follow, follow through. And so the question becomes, well, how do people, what exactly is happening when we have an online mass? So, so for the people who are present in, in, the, in the church, mm-hmm. uh, from where the, the uh, online uh, production is happening, yes. uh, they, they are participating. There's a participation level there. But then what happens to the crowd who are following this online? And so someone may just, you know, come in uh, halfway through, halfway through the homily or just check on the homily and see what the, the priest is going to say today. Um, or, 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 and then, you know, go and stay. Or some people just, you know, this is my mass for the week. And so they come and, and are present for the whole time. So they're present there. They're present uh, in, in some sense as a part of the online community. And so this online community uh, has moved into almost an ecclesial community. So, so it's not just a gathering of people, but, but it's a gad- gad- gathering of people with an intention to enter into a communion with the Lord and with one another. And there, there's another possibility, you know, that, that not just people who are physically in the building, but people can feel and pe- people have felt uh, an experience of, of certainly oneness with those who are present, but also um, oneness with God. Uh, and so, you know, one of the things that they do during a, a communion, they put up the, the sign, a spiritual communion. Now, that's, that's a part of our own tradition. Our tradition talks about, because for many years, people didn't receive communion. They they co- go to church, and they'd kind of watch the priest almost, and and when the priest elevated the host, they would watch that, and there would be a spiritual communion. Mm. You see, and so that's our that's our history. And so, on some level, you know, we're we're back to where we were uh, 800 years ago. Uh, and, and so, once you begin to know the history, then then this is not this is not that far gone. You know, now in terms of uh, in terms of investing in the commitment in, in commitment to online liturgies. Obviously, we, we really need to have liturgies present in the church. But, but this, this whole online uh, ministry has raised the level of how do we reach out to people? How do we reach out on a regular basis? Now, uh, as you say, it's, it's quite an investment, you know, uh, in terms of money, in terms of cameras and, and, and uh, training people. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and so that's a, a big investment. So does the investment... Uh, pay off in terms of uh, what we're going to get from that, that. That becomes the question. So, so you begin to say, well, how do we measure? How do we measure uh, the online success? How, how do we, you know, we know if, if it's a good liturgy. If, if it's a good liturgy, uh, you know, in, in the church, we, we know how, how it works. And you get a sense that, you know, you feel one, you have a, a, a unbelievable sense of the Lord's presence, you know, you have all those things that you can measure uh, on some level. Yes. Now, how do you measure uh, the, the success or uh, uh, um, 
the, the effectiveness or the fruitfulness of an online man. In some sense, you need to, to look at the same kinds of questions. How do people, uh, are people connected to this ecclesial community that is gathered in, in the building? Uh, do they send, do they, have they become a, a, a real community that in fact has become ecclesial community because they're gathering in order to celebrate their faith together uh, and, uh, and are open to experience the Lord? Uh, and so that, that kind of reflection of, of what's happening online, it can be helpful to us to say, yeah, if this is happening online, and then are we reaching out people to people we've never heard of before, or, or people who have been hurt, uh, who are Catholics and who have been hurt by the church, and yet uh, have some desire to come back, but they feel they will be judged. And this online presence provides a an unbelievable way of reaching out to people who are who are lost in lots of ways, or feel lost, or or are not ready to be physically in touch with the community. And so this this can be a, a real minister, a real ministry. And uh, um, if if a community is serious about uh, reaching out to others, uh, it seems like online is going to be have to be an element. Uh, of our our liturgies uh, as we I love that. We just I'm just looking for a text here. I just got sent to me from Father Anthony this past week. Uh, a lady got in touch with him. She was watching our online mass. Uh, a friend of hers introduced her to Catholicism. She's never been baptized. Uh, and so through that introduction, she got on our live stream mass. She came two weeks in a row. And sent him an email saying, Father, I've never been baptized. I would like to, you know, basically give my life to Jesus and become a Roman Catholic. And I'm wondering if you can help me. Like, wow. that was the best Monday I've ever had. I was so excited, to your point, to yeah. touch people that otherwise we maybe not, wouldn't have touched. Like, that's the best news ever. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I just get sure so excited. Yeah. And, you know, because there are the, the Catholics that come, there are the Catholics that have fallen away, and then there's a whole way more people who don't even know Jesus. Sure, who, sure, sure, sure. Gosh, yes. if, if we, yeah, can you say, because one of the things I found in my time at St. Benedict Parish while I was there is people would experience Alpha because lay people would invite their friends, and, but they didn't go to church. But then when they realize these people aren't as weird as I thought they were, and this Jesus guy isn't as bad as I thought he was, then they would go online and they would check us out. Yeah. Like, are these guys for real? But also, if you're not from a Catholic background, you probably, like, to be able to get a sense of what they do before you come probably would bring down the anxiety level. And and then and so people can use it to kind of almost shop, not not in a consumeristic way, but just to see, am I going to be okay if I go? Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, that's just so yeah. exciting. But then that brings the other question too: if you are going to do it, there can be a quality issue, isn't there? Like if you're going to do oh. it, oh, it has to be done well. It, it really and and here's where we struggled over the, the beginning of the pandemic. Everybody had their their uh, cell phone and, and their computer and all set up and, and, and some of the masses were absolutely horrendous. But, but, but there was, there was a, an effort to say, you know what, we want to connect with you. And so, yes. so that, that intention was probably enough to get over, get over how bad it was, the production level. 
But but uh, you know, on going forward, we, we can't depend on on just the goodwill of people. You know, uh, yes. we, we need to have some good production. So 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 online needs to be you know, and, and maybe not every church or in every community or every parish would be uh, online. So maybe only some churches would be uh, that can can offer it and and have the have the uh, staff and the the facilities to be able to to produce a, a, a good yeah. production production. Yeah, because that's uh, that's essential as well. Oh yeah, it's there's true. nothing worse than, than than a bad bad production of of a, a lovely liturgy. You know? so. Yeah, there's only one thing worse than being at a mass that's really done poorly, and that's watching one online that's really done poorly. And so- <laughs> that's right, and one that you can't hear, and the, you know, it's, uh, it's so true. You know, one of the things I think about that is that, and I'm just thinking about myself. If I was in a church that was contemplating having online mass or not, boy, I'll tell you, it would take a lot of convincing for me not to do it. And and let me tell you why, and and love your opinion on it, because maybe I'm wrong, in which case that's fine. But I'm thinking to myself, I want to stay connected to our people. And if one of the major ways that we communicate to the lay faithful is through the homily, and if you're giving your homily away to, I don't know, a church in the United States or one over in England or what depends on where they go, it's like you're, I would feel like we're missing out on an opportunity to stay connected because I know when I traveled, my kids were in sports. And so I'd be going all over the province, chasing them around for their sports. But we always made sure we got to the mass, whatever town we were in. But then I would go back and I'd watch the homily uh, from my parish because I wanted to stay connected. To, to what was communicated. And I, I just think, boy, there's a lot to lose by not continually speaking in to the people that you're leading. That's just my thought. What are your thoughts? Oh, yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I agree with you 100%. And especially over the last um, 20 years, even 30 years, so many people are not connected to church at all. Mm-hmm. And so they're, they're missing something absolutely essential for their lives and for their for the joy of living. Uh, and uh, so to provide an online experience for them uh, without them having to put too much effort into it, uh, it's really a, a way of serving people and connecting with them and, you know, providing that, that little bit of uh, extra uh, effort so that, you know, they might say, you know what, I had a good experience connected to the church online uh, maybe I'll go to church, you know, and, and so there's it's it's that kind of element that we really need to to work on, uh, and so it's really the outreach element that 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 the online mass can can really touch. It's an exciting season, isn't it? Because it really has thrown us all into thinking of getting out of the church in one sense, even if it's digitally. It really yes. has turned our gaze out, even if it's just to keep in touch with our own people. But sure. the very act of doing that is going to put us in a place where if we can do that, maybe we can reach those people that are far away from Jesus right now. And that's sure. exciting. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Love it. Well, thank you very much for taking the time to be on the podcast today and break open this topic. I know I've learned a lot. And I really appreciate that. We'll have you on another time. We find a great topic to break open together. Great. Thank you very much. Appreciate this. God bless you. Take care. This episode has helped your parish consider the role digital interaction will play going forward. If we want to be a church that's healthy, growing, and having an amazing impact on the world around us, 
As leaders, we'll always be wrestling with issues and problems we've not faced before. Stay focused on impact. And remember, Jesus didn't come to take away our suffering. He came to make us great. Thank you for listening. Please take the time to rate the show, leave a comment, and share with a friend. I want to encourage you, as you lead this week, be faithful to God and generous to others. See you next time. And remember, if you're still breathing, you are powered for impact. Thank you.